Good morning, brothers and sisters in KK, uh, Clank, Agra, and those who lock in this morning. Uh, shalom and greetings from Kota Kinabalu once again. And I'm truly grateful and thankful to God and Pastor Stephen for giving me this chance to be able to share God's word with all of you this morning. Uh, the topic given to me was on uh, the queen who said no. Now, this queen is none other than Queen Wasti, taken from the book of Esther, chapter 1. She was, in fact, the first Persian queen who preceded Queen Esther. Uh, although God was not mentioned in this chapter, but somehow God have used Queen Wasti to pave the way for Esther to become queen, uh, to fulfill his plan uh, to save his people. Uh, let's have a quick summary on the storyline and see what God has in store for all of us. Now, dated back in 500 BC, during third year of King Xerxes' reign in Persia, you know, he hosted 180 days epic banquet for his militants, his nobles, governors, throughout 127 provinces at his capital city at Susa. Now, his intention was just to show off his power uh, his glory and his riches. So he, he did a spectacular decorations at his courtyard, you know, with uh, elaborated, you know, cotton and violet curtains. And then he has uh, uh, used uh, couches, which is fashioned with, uh, which was fashioned with uh, gold and silver. And then his mosaic pavement of marble was filled with crystal, marrow pearls and precious gems. Now, uh, all the, um, uh, the guests was given 180 days tours in the palace and a free flow of royal wine served in golden vessels were on uh, like happy hours. Now, then after, they adjourned to a grand finale of a seven days non-stop feasting and drinking. Now, Queen Wasti also hosted a similar banquet for all the wives. Now, the highlight of the event happened on the last day of the banquet when King, King Xerxes was, you know, drunk. He was intoxicated with wine and he wanted to show off his uh, beautiful quaint as his last noble prize. And, and so he, what he did was he ordered his seven enoughs to bring in Queen Wasti with her royal crown. Now, surely the seven enoughs marched into the queen's banquet and read the order. And Queen Wasti, having heard the order, she must have felt humiliated and intimidated and uh, with her thoughts raising on the unknown consequences if she were to walk into the den of drunken men or that uh, what would be the impending capital punishment may be imposed on her. Somehow or other, uh, she rose above all these fears. And she was able to say no to the king. Now you look at verse 12. They say, but Queen Wasti refused to come out at the king's command, delivered by the Enoch's. And this, the king became enraged and his anger burned within him. Well, you could believe, you could see, you, could, you can visualize what happened when the Enoch's returned without the queen. The king jumped. He lost his cool. He felt no face. I mean, he lost his face. I mean, he just felt, you know, like, you know, in front of all the nobles, he just don't know how to tell them that the queen is not coming. But somehow or other, uh, uh, when he jumped at his council and he consulted the seven prince, a decree was announced. 
that Queen Wasti will be deprived from her royal privilege, and she will be sent away. She will be sent away. So at that very moment, a thought that came to my mind was that hey, Queen Wasti wasn't executed; she was sent away. Not only that,、uh, this decree was given to Queen Wasti. You know, there was also a decree that is for every woman over in Persia and media would have to give honor to their husband, whether high or low, alike. Now, tell me, what's your thoughts about Queen Wasti? Now, you think he's she's headstrong, defiance, or courageous and dignified? Now, as for me,、um, I could identify three distinctive characteristic. So noble uh, 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 that I can see in her. The first is、uh, sh- her courage, her courage to face the unknown consequences, and then the second is her dignity to walk away with her head held high, and the third is her resilience to pursue her destiny. Well, true enough that Queen Wasti is a woman of courage, dignity, and resilience. So actually, from here we can we can I could actually draw three inspiration from her. You don't need to be a woman in order to, to I mean in order to see this this、uh, this inspiration in order to draw and learn from her. The first inspiration was to walk away from our fear. You know, fears is now the dominant. Uh, the dominant toxic matter going into every one of us in Malaysia, the pandemic fear, the corona fear. This has somehow seeped into our livelihood. It has somehow caused chaos, pre and post trauma in so many lives, and it has been, you know, causing inevitable social, economic, and occupational stress. And in fact, all of us know. That the spiritual dark forces have launched an attack on every country in the world now, hovering over in Malaysia. It has taken, it has taken Malaysia like a storm, and I can feel that the coronaphobia is now dispersed in the air now. It has caused. You know, spiritual paralysis among the believers. We become immobile. We are unable to do what we ought to do. There are so many deception outside, a、uh, fake news, and all this have you know sort of spiral and cause a lot of unbelievers in in believers and blocking God's direction for all of us. How should we respond, brothers and sister? We ought to rise up. Take courage, and we need to walk away from that fear. In Second Timothy one seven, Paul have told Timothy and reminded him that for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self control. Indeed, the spirit of God within you and me, all of us, is just like a powerhouse for His strength, for His love. And for the control over our fears, brother and sister, and here and there, I would say it in Psalms forty-six, when King David was faced with all the enemy, 
he wrote this beautiful psalm. What he did say was, God is our strength and refuge, a very present help in times of trouble. And therefore, we should not fear. We are not afraid. And even though the earth be removed, even though the mountains be brought to the middle of the sea, and though the, you know, the sea will foam and roar, the tsunami will come in one after another. The tsunami of COVID, the tsunami of political, the tsunami of economical. All this will come. But God say, he reminded all of us that in verse 4, he said that there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God. And that's you and me because it's a holy, holy habitation of the Most High that he lives in you and me. In verse 5, it clearly defined that God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. Yes, brother and sister, God is in the midst of you and me, and we shall not be moved by the fears, by the growing fears around us. We shall not be moved because we know that God will help us when the morning dawns, when it comes right at the niche of every problem, God will be there to help us. Therefore, all brothers and sisters, we need to rise up. We need to take courage and we need to walk away from our fears. That is the first inspiration. The second inspiration is we need to walk away with our dignity. Right now, are you a victim or are you a victor? Many of us may be having suffering you know, from loss of jobs, from uh, businesses closed down, or even we've lost our loved ones. Okay, I'm sure all of us, some of us may be in tormented, in grieved, you know, over lost loved ones. We might be feeling hopeless, worthless, you know, we may be feeling like it's like the end of the world. But look, brother and sister, we ought to know who we are in Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 2.9 tells us that we are a chosen race. We are his royal priesthood. And then we are God's holy nation, a people for his own possession, that we may proclaim his excellencies of him in our lives. And that we have, he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Brother and sister, we are not any Tom, Dick and Harry. We are chosen. We are his procession. Now in Isaiah 61, 6, it has always been a word that keep encouraging me in, in, in when times are bad. You know, when my dignity runs low. You know, the Lord tells me that you shall be called the priest of the Lord. And the people around us shall speak of us as ministers of our God. At this diet situation, we shall rise and be the minister of our God because we shall eat the, you know, the wealth, the fruits of the nations, and in their glory we shall boast. Verse seven of uh, verse seven of uh, forty-six was such a, such an encouragement to all of us, whether you are in your shame whether you have lost your business, God promised us that instead of our shame, there shall be a double portion waiting for us. Instead of being dishonored, you shall rejoice in your Lord, and therefore in your land you shall possess a double portion, and you shall have everlasting joy. 
brothers and sisters, we need to rise up. We need to walk away with our head held high. We need to stand up because we are dignified in Christ and through Christ. And lastly, and not, not the least, the third inspiration is to walk away in our destiny. Are you struggling with choices in your life now? Are you in a dilemma of yes or no? Are we leaving God out of our choice? I don't know about you, brother and sister. I don't want to be like King Saul. I don't want to have a destiny like him. He is God chosen. God chose him. He was the king. And he had a great potential to be a great prophet. Because in 1 Samuel 10, 6, when he was anointed as king, Samuel actually prophesied over him and tell him that then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Look, the Lord has given him a chance to be a great prophet. But what happened to King Saul? When the enemies come against him, when he see uh, left and right, all the enemies are coming around him. You know, he started making wrong choices. He, did, he left God out of all his choice. He was impatient. He was off course. And he started to shift blame from one to another person. He was off course then. Then the last of it is that when God gave him another chance, he started lying just to save his face. Now here, I just want to tell you guys a story about an aeroplane that all of us, God has given us, all of us, an uh, aeroplane, you know, of our destiny. Now when God gave that aeroplane to us, I tell you one thing is that God has set the destiny where it's supposed to land. But a lot of us, when we enter into the cockpit, we are so amazed with what God is doing in our lives. When there are so many buttons in front of us, we started to you know, put our hand on the buttons. You know, we are not supposed to leave God out in all the choices in our life. We need to stay on course and not touch any button. We need to walk in our destiny, our calling that God has called you and me for. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are all God's workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in it. We ought to know that we are created for good works. We are not created for bad works. We need to focus on the bigger picture. It's just like Queen Wasti. She didn't know the outcome, but the only thing is that she focused on the big picture. Okay, and the big picture is what God is doing in your midst because we are all born for more. So we don't settle for anything less, brother and sister, because Jeremiah 29, 11 tells all of us, God tells us, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Yes, my dear brother and sister, the Lord tells us that the plan that He has for you and me is already predestined. That aeroplane has already been set on course where to land. 
this plan is to prosper you this plan is not to harm you this plan is to give you a hope and a future i want to tell you guys that look you know to me i felt that god has done so much in our lives i just want to share a very short testimony about what happened to us and our family nine months ago when we were at a very crossroad not knowing what we ought to do you know uh, that very time when COVID numbers were very high in kk and somehow or rather our funds went dried because we haven't been doing anything for the past one and a half years so what happened was when things was pretty bad you know i i, I find myself just like any one of us here i began to worry i began to doubt i lose my focus and what happened was i couldn't sleep at night i was having problem in sleeping at night about three four o'clock i will wake up and will start praying and praying and praying sometimes i prayed and tears just start streaming down my face when i you know when 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 Kongmin and me start praying when i you know woke coming out every time and Kongmin would tell me that god is going to do something great in our midst and every time when Kongmin say that it was such a good assurance but God wanted me to 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 meditate on his words to meditate on Psalms 46 and I had it all you know you know I have all had it all by heart I was having it all in my mind and he wanted me to remember Psalms uh, 46 as well as Isaiah 61 and then when coming tell me something is going to happen lo and behold true enough the following week a couple just walked into our premise and they offered to buy a property which is very much above the market value. And look, we have not advertised, we have not even advertised that we want to sell off this property which is in one of our development. But he, they came to ask for that development. They came to ask for that house. We sold it before above market value and not only that they pay cash for it hallelujah they pay cash for it that was a time when we knew that i needed cash to turn it around god gave me cash gave us cash and it just turned the whole thing around and more than that i want to say brothers and sister the miracle didn't stop there after a couple of months later Coming was telling me that God is going to give us a double portion. And you know what, brothers and sisters? He did just that. You know, that was somewhere in, in early this year in March. He just, he just, he just, you know, I, I mean, I, I couldn't know how to express it, but somehow or other, he just, he just gave us a double portion of the same amount, same amount. And it was literally mind-blowing. But I want to say one thing is that when God says he will do it, means he will do it. No, he, he doesn't want to see his children like uh, uh, asking, you know, in, in, into a stage whereby they are helpless, they are hopeless, you know, they have no more, no more, you know, they're so selfless. I mean, they're, they're, they're really in deep, deep trouble. God say that he is always there for you and me. You know, that's the only thing that I want to tell all of you to encourage through all the uh, uh, experience we had for the nine months. You know, God just keep telling me, 
be praying. Always, never stop praying. Always come to me. Talk to me. And you need to be still. We didn't do anything. I just keep still. I didn't even advertise, you know, that I wanted to sell off the property. I just stay still. And I hear from God. Now we need to rise up above our situation. We need to rise above our situation. We need to stay on course. We need to take courage. We need to move in our dignity. And we need to bounce back in our resilience. And last of all, not least, brother and sister, we need to have faith. Faith of the unseen and faith of the unheard. Because God, God is so great, He can do the mission impossible things that you will ever think or imagine. I'm so glad that this morning I can have this chance to share with all of you. I just want to encourage all of you who are now in a situation whereby everything looks so scary. But I want to say this. God is in our midst. God is in our midst. He's doing a great thing. We praise Him and thank Him. To God be the glory. Amen.